0: fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 255.
1: One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs
2: and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.
3: Our lives are different too
0: Howdy-do-who fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week uh, that you've all managed to do something Something Doctor Who Who related. Related, yes, indeed. Series 12 is rolling along nicely, bud. We're nearly at the end. I know. I know.
5: I don't understand, like, the the BBC's um, sort of Publicity, You know, on Twitter and Facebook, they're like, yeah, we're nearly at the final, guys. There's just another three episodes left, but we're nearly at the final. It's almost as if they're saying, yeah, don't, don't worry about these next couple of episodes because we're nearly at the final. It seems a really odd thing to be saying, <laughs> but uh, I know yeah. what they mean. I'm excited about the final, obviously, but... Yes, yeah. I just find that an odd, odd thing to be tweeting, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry, guys. We've got two episodes left, and then the final. Yeah. But yeah. it is. It's um. It's mad, isn't it? To think we're almost at the end of series twelve already. It is, mate. Yeah, yeah. And then a three-year wait till season. Series- no, I'm <laughs> joking. But who knows when season thirteen
0: will be? We just don't know. Well, with any luck, it will be January, twenty twenty-one.
5: Yeah, I'm thinking like yeah, a special. Yeah. At, Christmas or New Year, whichever. It'd be nice if they did a Christmas for a change, wouldn't it? So we've had two New Year's ones, to up of Christmas, yes. and then uh, into the new series. That would be good.
0: That would be good, yeah. Mm. Ah, so welcome aboard, everybody, to 255. New listeners, welcome aboard. It's good to have you. Long-time mm-hmm. listeners, welcome back. Before we kick off with today's show, remember to subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast, you'll find us on there. That way you won't miss a show and it lands every single Friday. And we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast again, you'll find us on there. And uh, we chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so Mm. yeah, it's all fun and games over there. Interestingly, somebody didn't find us on Twitter the other day. Didn't find us? Somebody said, what's going on? It's 2020 and you don't have a Twitter account. What? What's going on? I was like, hold on. This must be some kind of trickery must be a bot a spam bot yeah uh but no i fair play because there are a couple of other twitter accounts that are kind they've got the blue box in the name and stuff like that but just to confirm we we couldn't fit the big blue box podcast in like twitter doesn't allow you to use that many characters in the name so Mm. the name on twitter is big blue box p cast it doesn't have the od the pod bit Mm. or the odd bit the ood bit (laughs) <laughs> so Big Blue Box PCAST is where we are Where we are on Twitter. So I hope that's cleared it up. Bit of, um, a bit more divided stuff over the social since last week's episode, bud. We'll get onto it in our review mm. when we get on to Can You Hear Me? But crikey. Yeah, I know. It's nothing. It, they do like a bit of um, the beeb I'm referring to. They they do like a wee bit of, uh, of, of talking ammunition. Uh, this series, I've noticed, like last series, it was kind of they didn't really dive into too many sort of deep subjects. I know we had the the racial thing with Rosa uh, with Rosa, yeah, and there was a couple of other little bits sprinkled around, but this series mm. it definitely seems like it's, it's it's talking about some some big issues this one so, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, so the socials have been rumbling with people hating Doctor Who, people loving Doctor Who it's um, yeah. It's interesting time to be. Uh, it's very interesting uh, looking at Twitter, especially after a new show's gone out. Yeah, it's
5: one of the things I love. As soon as the episode finishes, I just love going on my phone to see the reaction. And I, to the point that I've actually turned to my other half and said, like, I'm going to be on my phone for the next hour. Don't moan, don't, you know, thing. But I just love going on and to see what the reaction. This one, I must admit, um, the reaction was a lot more divided than I expected. Um, I mean, we'll get to it more in the review, but I was quite shocked at the amount of disagreement over this, this episode. It's, um, yeah, it's a real mom. I want this. Um, yeah. And it's an interesting one. Cause I, I, it made me really have to go back and walk, watch it a second time. I thought, you know, what what's going on? Like there was so much, discussion over it really but yeah obviously we'll get more to that in the in the review but I was just surprised about the amount of I mean I shouldn't be every episode of doctor who at the minute just gets you know um opinions blasted from both sides whatever but this one um brought up some really interesting points I think indeed yeah
0: mm. uh anyway you've been up to anything doctor who actually no I saw some socials from some insta or some facebook pics from you buddy I think you've been you went to the yeah. capital right and you ventured into a few places
5: i did um i so i was off yesterday i had a day off i don't normally get two days together um so i did a bit of filming i finished my little tardis review because my the 13th dr tardis toy turned up and i thought right let's you know got a day off let's let's make a vid yeah so i did that um which is all ready to go in fact it'll be out by the time this podcast goes out um and uh, yeah i know you i know you weren't a fan of it but i was really pleased when i when said i was like oh here it is um and then I thought I'm going to blitz up to London for the afternoon. I just felt like I needed to get out of the house. I just, it was it's so bright and sunny because we've had this. Massive storm come over, haven't we? The last few days, and uh, Monday was horrific. Ah. Uh, it was like you just—it was almost scary to step outside the door. It was so windy, rain, it's just stuff flying everywhere. It looked, you know, like my garden was obliterated on Tuesday morning. It did look like the, the world was about to end. um But yeah, Tuesday was just sunny and crisp and bright, and I thought, right, this is a this is a day to go to London. But it's a bit of an impromptu thing, so I literally went up for the afternoon. Um, I went to see someone had tweeted a picture of the police box that's by Piccadilly Circus station because somebody tweeted Clayton Hickman to say it had gone missing because it was looking a bit it was looking a bit um worse for wear and then it suddenly went missing and they were like oh no Clayton the police box is gone but then they tweeted literally about a week ago that it was back and it was all refurbished and all painted and it got a new lamp and I thought right I that's where I always Get off to go to FP. I thought I'll go and have a look at the nice new police box, get a million pictures of that. <laughs> so annoying as well because it's so busy yeah. around that. It's so like, oh, just trying to get a shot with without people in it. I was just like, oh, move out of the way. I was getting so cross. Anyway, I did get a few pics of it. Uh, then I went to FP. Um, usual story, my friend. It's the <laughs> doctor. It's really weird because there's no real, nothing exciting, not too much in there. They got the new TARDIS, which is cool. But when You go into FP, so you know the big metal door that you that they sort of push back that obviously to open up the shop. They've got like that massive metal door, haven't oh, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. sort of push half of it back and then the other half just kind of stays there. They've got a massive Doctor Who poster of Jodie on that door now, so it's like Doctor Who is so prominent. And when I say massive, it's, it's half the size of the giant door. Oh, cool, just a cool. big picture of her, you know, with the flowing sort of um coat it's that picture you know white backdrop behind a flowing coat it looks really cool really eye-catching so i thought yeah they've got that doctor who and then you go in where's your doctor who e section It's kind of shoved in that corner as if <laughs> you know there's a few bits that have been there for the last 10 years and oh we got the new tardis you know it's, it's really strange it's um oh. i mean it's, it's so cool to see doctor at the front of the store but then it doesn't represent you know the terrible little corner of stuff that's but i guess that's not their fault it's just
0: nothing really out is there what about Ridicu- the uh the cabinet of woe that we've labeled it as well
5: this is the thing you see <laughs> i don't even know is that even there i don't think it's even there anymore oh
0: that's a good thing though because that yeah, was looking really miserable thing. wasn't it for a while, for ages and
5: the reason i say this because obviously the dot two section used to be all around that cabinet but now the dot two section has been moved round the corner literally shoved in a corner so yeah. I think the cabinet's gone and I think that's all anime stuff um, I think it was yeah so I didn't even notice it so anyway quick trip to FP uh, didn't buy anything Dot to apart from a comic um, I just bought a load of blind boxes because uh, they were in the sale <laughs> <Of> <laughs> went course. to the pub opened my blind boxes um, Adam Mamoon our friend had seen that I was in London so he, he jumped up uh, on the train to have a quick drink with me before I left and uh, that was that so that was a cool day um, and apart from that just a couple of other little things that have been happening this week, so I got the new Ace book. You know the new Doc Two oh, um, yes. at Childhood's End. Mm-hmm. um First of all, I don't know something about the cover. It's just a really nice looking book, and um, she did a signing at FP, which I couldn't make. So I ordered it online, signed. Uh, so the signed copy was here when it arrived uh, this, this morning, actually, which is weird because I was in FP yesterday and had loads of copies of it. I was thinking, oh, I could have just <laughs> got it off the shelf. But anyway um so yeah i've got that it's really lovely signed by sophie um and i just can't wait to read it i'm hearing so much good stuff about it um like literally i've just you know like my friends that have already read it and stuff i've said it's really really good so looking forward to reading that and my sycorax turned up from harrop as oh, nice. well yeah. so i've had a couple of really nice little deliveries. he is amazing so this is the robert harrop figurine absolutely stunning i'll i'll Bung some pictures up on Facebook. He looks awesome. He's got a big staff, though. It's one of those figures that I'm so scared to take him out of the box because I just, oh, especially after poor old Yorak, the tetrap <laughs> got dropped and smashed. I, I'm so scared of, of handling those Harrah figures because they're so beautiful. Uh, so he arrived. And the only other thing, really, that uh, I've sort of ticked, ticked a box was, you know, getting the Talons ticket, which we spoke about last week. We've both managed to get tickets to that. And... Um, it was a bit sad yesterday because the tickets went on sale to the general public, so we managed to get them because we know people who are members who very kindly got tickets for us and they went on sale to the general public yesterday, but it basically no there was none left, so it just the thing went from on sale at eleven thirty straight to sold out, oh. so like you know all our friends that we normally meet up with like Tim you know beef and mm-hmm. and ad and Morgan and all you know all all those guys were in a all in the chat and they're like, oh no, it's like. Oh, I think Morgan got one, but, you know, it was like, oh, it's completely sold out already. And um, so those, they they are becoming really hard to get tickets for those events. I mean, they are brilliant. I've said it before. They're my favourite events that we go to. But um, to be sold out before they even go on sale to the general public, it's like, whoa. That's crazy. Know, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And the thing that really worries me is that apparently when they went on sale to the members, dead on 11.30, Half of, there was hardly any left. And I'm thinking, how can that be? So, if dead down 11.30 when they went on sale to the members a week ago, two weeks ago, there was literally only a handful left. So, who, where, where have they, like, how have they sold? I don't understand. Are they, because I assumed, when I was told that, I assumed, well, that would be the ones they've held back for, like, BBC people and probably the ones going on sale to the general public. But that's clearly not the case. So, is that all BBC people or is it, it can't be people with lightning fingers because there's just no way—not dead on half eleven when they went on sale. We can't just all have sold, surely. I don't know. Yeah, it worries know. me though because I'm just sort of thinking it's becoming. I hate missing those events. I'm I'm going to have to miss the faceless ones, but because I I can't get the time off work. But to to yeah, the thought of not being able to get tickets to the BFI events really um really distresses me because I just love them so much, you know.
0: Yeah that's a strange one I've I've always mm. always wondered how they run their ticket allocation system there. Yeah. It's always a tricky one because I always thought that they had sort of x amount of tickets for members and then they had x amount for non-members so that's what I assumed yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think that the entire cinema would be booked up with members. I thought they held some back for non-members in two weeks yeah. but that might not be the case it might just be that they open it all up to non-members and if there are any left then they'll go on sale to the, the general public i'm really not sure but mm-hmm. it's gutting though isn't it for people that couldn't get uh, a ticket so oh.
5: well I, I i really do feel for anyone that wants to get to that because um i remember being in that situation with the last one with fenwick where i was there dead on half 11 when they went on search of republic and um there was like about three seats I i clicked on one went to put it in my basket and it come up. Sorry, that seat's no longer available. And I'm like, cause I didn't get in the basket in, you know, in lightning speed. And then they'd gone. And I was absolutely distraught. I was like, Oh, oh I can't believe I'm going to miss that event. Thankfully I did manage to get one in the end, but yeah, I think, I don't know. The only way is to become a member, I think. But if, if that doesn't even guarantee getting one, like <laughs> it's just a bit mad, isn't it? Cause they can't up the screen. They already show it in the biggest screen they have. So they can't do anything about that can't really do two showings of the same thing because they have all the q a with the actors and all that it's just too much and that already finishes at like four o'clock in the afternoon so it's yeah i don't know there's no way around it really i'm so Tricky glad we're on. gonna be there i tell you i'm i'm so this is one that i really didn't want to miss uh face this ones i'm gutted about but this one talons i really would have been distraught if i hadn't got a ticket to this so i'm really glad we will be there but man i feel for those that didn't get tickets i really do because yeah. they're all the people that we normally see who I'm sure will come and have a drink with us afterwards anyway. I think that's the plan. They'll just join us for the after bit, which is always fun anyway.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 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 But, oh dear. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? I need to move to the proper, well, not the proper, I need to move to the IMAX screen down the road. <laughs> it's well, got like that 100 was what, more seats.
5: <laughs> see, I was discussing this with Ad last night. That could, yeah, could that work? Because um, that would be the next step up, wouldn't it? And, mm. yeah, that's what we were saying. But the, I, I don't know. I've only been to the IMAX once. I went to a screening of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, they did a special screening for the last episode uh, that was made or or the first episode in the last series that was made. I forget now. And they had a couple of the actors there. A really lovely event. It was years ago. And it's the only time I've ever been in the IMAX. And it's a strange one because it's huge. But the screen's right in front of your face. Is It's really hard to describe. It's It's got like a a massive screen that takes up the size of the whole front wall. But then, so all the seats just sort of back up. And I think unless you're about at least halfway up those seats, you're, yeah, I just don't know how you can see anything. I don't know. It was a strange one, but I've only been once. So maybe I
0: need to go and have another look at it. Yeah, you definitely need seats at the back at that one.
5: That's what I mean. It was a strange one. And also when they did the sort of Q&A with the actors afterwards, because of the way the screen is so close to seats, they were sort of, right in front of it, and you couldn't really see them. So it's it's not as good as the BFI, where they have that nice little stage that they can all sit on and everyone can see them no matter where you sat sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I did think that might be an alternative.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: Or they move it out of London, which a few people have suggested. Oh, no, don't take it away. <laughs> I would be... I, I, as a, a double-edged sword, because I totally get that people who don't live near London would love to go to these events without having to travel miles. But yeah <laughs> i do love it being at the south Bank. i think it's such a nice nice venue for it it's cool actually it's good yeah. especially in the summer it's a
0: nice walk down oh, there. oh lovely yeah
5: i can't wait for that event i'm so excited it's pulling me through actually because i've got i've got a week off next week i won't be able to do the podcast next week listeners because i'm i've got a well i've got five days off and i'm going away so i won't be here next week um but then I've got two weeks of hell. <laughs> My shifts are horrific. Uh, the next two weeks after that, and the only thing getting me through is the thought of Talons. Is like I think, yeah, well, two weeks of really long shifts and early starts, but then Talons is in the middle of that month. So yeah, things like that. You know what I mean? It, keep you going. It makes it yep. keeps you going. Yeah, it makes you think. <laughs> it's what works all about in it? I'm working to towards Talons. Yeah, can't wait. Actually,
0: indeedy. Yes. Yeah. So that's been me, my friend. That's been me. What about yourself? Cool, yeah. As usual, I've been very mm-hmm. quiet in comparison to you, buddy. I've um, uh, The only thing I've, a couple of things I've done is I've finished up the season 26 box set story, that's so I've watched The Curse of Fenric and Survival from that box set. I have a feeling that may have sold out
5: on Amazon. Um, I looked at it yesterday, and it was something like 78 quid. I thought, that's a weird price, and I realized it was a third-party seller, and I thought, oh, is it? is that one gone now? Cause we were talking the other week, weren't we about how they keep, keep disappearing very quickly.
0: Yes. Uh, it's still showing us two left in stock. Oh, is it? What from Amazon? <laughs> yeah, but the oh, okay. price is now 50 quid. Oh, right. Okay. So it's gone up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's two left apparently. Two left. Yeah. Well,
5: they didn't have any yesterday. It must've just found two at the back, down the back of the sofa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or the, um, yeah, the, the guy that was trying to leg it out the warehouse with a couple in his backpack. <laughs> yeah. They've collared him. Yeah, We've got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's other than that, cool. buddy. I've not really done too much. Yeah, One thing I did notice, it was a quirky little thing. Obviously, I spend a lot of time online mm. being a, a, a web designer and developer and all that a lot and got Twitter open. I noticed there was a tweet the other day by... Uh, there's a guy called Luke Spillane. I know uh, Luke, yeah, yeah. Somebody would have heard, uh, heard of him. He runs uh, some of the marketing and online youtube stuff, and uh, he tweeted out that on the Doctor Who official website, which is DoctorWho.tv, they had added in another section called Stories, which is very impressive because they've added uh, a thumbnail and a a dedicated page to every single story of Doctor Who on there. Wow. There's hundreds on there. But one thing I found Hmm. interesting was when you're on the modern Doctor Who stuff, the title for each thumbnail says Series Insert number here. So it says series two or five, whatever. When you oh. get down into Classic coup, it says season. And oh. then insert number there. So <laughs> I'm very intrigued as to why that's the the case. You
5: do you really don't like that word either, do you? Season. You, it's series for you or nothing, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any new listeners that have not heard me rant about this before, just very quickly, I, ca- I cannot understand why they call a run of TV shows, a season, it just doesn't make sense to, the, the, the name that's been around for a long time just makes perfect sense because it's a series of episodes. Mm. So the word series makes more sense to me personally. So I've never understood why they've, I'm sure it's an American thing. I
5: think it's an American thing. I associate it with an American, yeah, season 23 of, yeah, Walking Dead. It just sounds, Yeah.
0: It's weird. So it's nothing, you know, it's not a, a dig for our uh, for our US listeners or anything like that. It's just, I'm, I'm sure I've heard years ago, things like season whatever of the X-Files or season this of the Big Bang Theory, whatever. I, I think it's a, an Americanism that's made its way over here. But it's just interesting that they've used that for classic Doctor Who, where for, for Donkeys years, even before I started watching Doctor Who, I remember other people, be my fr- uh, circle of friends calling it do you remember series whatever of Tom Baker's series and mm. and all that stuff? So And like I said, on the website, it's strange because they've called all of modern Doctor Who series blah and classic season. So
5: if anything, I would have thought they'd done that the other way around, if anything, because Doctor Who now does seem to get described as, oh, we're on season 13 or whatever. So, is it, yeah, I don't know. That mm. is a bit odd. Luke, what's going on? <laughs> we'll have a chat with him at the BFI. He's normally there. It's
0: normally there. Yeah. Let us yeah. know. But uh, yeah. And also the new Blu-ray box sets are called season blah, blah. So it's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, maybe it mm. sells like 10 more copies than if you called it a series. I'm not sure. But
5: the, the thing I really didn't like is, is um, when they re when they issued like the series, you know, like these box sets of the season 12 of the Tom Baker set in America, they called it series one or season one. Which I thought was a really odd thing to do. So his was season one. Cause it was like so they were doing it as if like that's the fourth doctor's first season, if you see what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I thought that's really gonna mess with you. I couldn't stand that. If I had like <laughs> so when they finally release them all, if you had like William Hartnell, season two, but then you jump forward and it's suddenly like John Pertwee, series two. And it's like, no, I've already got series two. It's like I, I just didn't <laughs> like that at all. And I I think it was the American issues somebody out there will know but um yeah i thought that was a very strange thing to do yep yeah very very odd very odd who Indeed. makes these decisions we don't know who knows
0: <laughs> so that's been me buddy not too much mm-hmm. oh and i've um i've read another uh chunk of sophie's new book at childhood's end so when oh that's, yeah. when that's done i'll um get a review up on the website but can't... you enjoying that so far? Very much so, buddy. Yeah, no, it's I can't
5: up. wait to start it. I'm going to start it mm. this afternoon, actually.
0: Very, very good read. Really mm. good. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's land it, do some news. All righty. Those dudes, those peeps, those guys over at Candy Jar Books. They are asking readers or fans of the Target books to get in touch uh, because they would like to hear your thoughts or memories about Chris Achilleos, who is the subject of a book that's coming out from Candy Jar. When is this out? I think it's out this year, isn't it? I think it's April, mm, something like yeah. that. I can't remember exactly. And they did, um, they did a, a similar thing with... Uh Terence Dix. So last year when Terence Dix passed away, they um they uh, a load of people got in touch with them to tell to let them know about their memories of Terence and so forth so forth. So now they've done a similar thing for uh Chris Achilleos. So the the new Target style sort of appreciation book that's out is called Kalak. You love that, don't you? Yeah, L A K. And it's basically the Doctor Who artwork of Chris Achilleos. So as the name suggests, all of his very iconic covers and artwork that he did for the target range over the years in one book to celebrate that stuff. And they're asking for readers thoughts. So they would like readers to share their thoughts and memories of Chris Achilleos, as well as the target books that featured his artwork whether they sat you on a path that ultimately led you to a career or simply gave you a few lazy Sunday afternoon entertainments. Uh, We'd love to hear your stories. Do you have images of you with Chris or photos of yourself reading these iconic target books as a child? We'd love to see them. We want to pay tribute to why these books really matter, how they have touched lives all over the world. And then Sean Russell, who's the head of publishing, says last year, We put out a free release celebrating the career of Terence Dix after his passing. A lot of our contributors said that Terence and the target range which he and Chris defined got them into reading, got them into science fiction, into writing and ultimately a career. These books change lives. They change my life. We want CLAC to celebrate this. So uh, all you need to do is pop your uh, memories or photos or whatever it might be over to Sean Russell. We'll put a link to his email address in the show notes or if you head over to the candy jar book um website you'll you'll see it on there and they would like your thoughts to be in so the final date is the last day of february so a couple of weeks time um but that'd be good and then each contributor will have a personally signed paperback copy of the book oh which is nice that is nice yeah yes so i think it's a really good idea from from candy jar and they are absolutely right In saying that these target books meant and still do mean a lot to many different people, as Sean said, some of the people that grew up reading these target books ultimately went on to have careers themselves, writing science fiction and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then the the obviously the 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 subject of the book itself, Chris Achilleos' work is just so so good, and it's got as soon as you see it, uh, it's like your brain. Doesn't need to process it within a nanosecond. You immediately think, "Yep, yeah, that's the target, the target artwork." So yeah, uh, it's really cool, bud. Um, it, yeah, I've, I've got a, a bunch of target books. It's what it's one of those things that if I ever go anywhere, traveling or whatever, and I find a secondhand bookshop, always go in looking for old target books. So uh, I might Me pop too. that as a memory into Sean. Are you going to send anything in?
5: yeah i not i'm really excited for this book I, I just love the look of it um and i really like chris uh, kilios's artwork as well so yeah i'm terribly excited for this i'm tempted to send in a photo because um i had a lovely chat with him at lfcc last year a really nice chat and he was he often has this woman with him sat at the store i don't know if it's his partner or 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 what but um so I said, you know, we had our little chat and I bought a piece of artwork, which I actually have got on the wall and I, he signed it and stuff. And I said, well, could we get a picture together, Chris? And he's he like, Nch. And she goes, come on. I have to oh, <laughs> d- stop being such a moody so-and-so. Go and have a picture. So I said, oh. I said, you don't have to if you don't like if you don't. You know, some people don't like having their picture taken, do they? Then you know, not everyone's like me. Like you said, I, I just can't get enough. I'm just such a poser. But, um, yeah, no, you sort of had to be coaxed into having this picture. Um Taken, but he wasn't. He wasn't funny about it. He just was a bit like, "No, oh, yeah, go on then." Uh, but um, so I might send in that one of him looking like being fo- at gunpoint, uh, <laughs> having this picture. But he's a really nice guy. We, as I said, we had a lovely chat, and um yeah, I just love his artwork. I think it's got its own style. It's weird because Doctor Who fans. And, you know, myself included in this at times, we pick up on things that are wrong and inaccurate and, you know, we're very critical about stuff now. But a lot of Chris's stuff, you could look at it and do that. He did it himself because the piece of artwork I bought is the... Uh, first Doctor picture with the pink Tardis in the background. I think it's the Daleks or something. Uh, I can't remember uh, now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was saying, "Oh, I don't like that one. I've never been pleased with that one because of the pink Tardis, and it's all wrong." And I said, "Yeah, but that's what I like about it. I, said, I like the fact it's the wrong <laughs> Tardis and it's pink, and so it's it's weird, isn't it? The sort of something about the nostalgia." of that takes over the fact that things are inaccurate and wrong, whereas we're so critical about things like that, if anything's new. Um it's I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? It's a, it's a nostalgia thing, isn't it? It's like we just love the charm of of, of things
0: like that, I think. Definitely dude. Yeah. Yeah.
5: It's uh, And I really do love his artwork. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. So if you want to get your your thoughts and memories in, like I said, email Sean Russell. I'll put a link in the show notes and uh mm. that'd be very, very cool. And then the book itself, it says end of spring, so I imagine that's April ish end of april beginning of may time hopefully
5: yeah very much looking forward to that yeah. on, another one to put on the shelf yes right moving on to uh, ratings news here we go <laughs> uh, people say i don't care about ratings <laughs> I, i'm always intrigued i'm, I'm not going to lie i like to know what the ratings are um so praxius got uh, so they've added on all their bits and bobs <laughs> you know so forget your overnights they've added on all the bits and bobs that they Pulled together to make it a higher figure. And the final figure for Praxius was 5.22 million viewers, uh, making it um, the 12th most watched program of the week. Uh, so that's not bad. It got an appreciation index of 78 out of 100, I assume, which is reasonable, isn't it? Uh, I think so, that's,
0: uh, yeah, I think anything over 80 is good, labeled as ooh. good anything yeah so it's it's reasonable yeah it's reasonable and
5: it said so and it just (laughs) um it just beat dancing on ice um once they'd added that on which got 5.06 million because i think of the overnights dancing on ice might have just beaten it hadn't it i think yes so so when they've added all all the other stuff on it's it's slightly beaten it um the most watched program for that week with 8.27 million viewers
0: was white house house farm what (laughs) the hell's that I've never heard of it mate. I've never heard of it. To be honest I don't really watch ITV. Oh is it I'll ITV? Is it? Yeah, so. Oh, no. uh, I'm a BBC though. man. Yeah. yeah, I know that's I mean,
5: you know, we can remember the days when Doctor Who would be around there. I'm sorry to say but it's true. Um <laughs> and uh, following on from that, can you hear me? Um can you hear me? The the overnight viewing figures for that well, it's another drop I'm afraid. It's 3.81 million for the overnight for that making it the, what was it? Well, it was beaten by Dancing on Ice in the Overnights, which got 4.84. So I don't think they're going to beat it again this time.
4: No. Uh, Call
5: the midwife seems to be the popular one. That was top of the day with 6.39 million viewers. So, yeah, not great. Not a good overnight, that 3.81. That's, that's a bit low, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I would imagine that will be 4. point something by the time they add on all The other bits, um, it was the 49th most watched program of the week, which sounds awful when you say it like that, doesn't it? You say it like that, yeah. yeah, sorry, I'll try, I don't know how else to say it. 49th most watched <laughs> program of the week, um, can't really wrap it up any better no, than that. Yeah. So, yeah, viewing figures, not great, um, not disastrous, it's still hanging in there. And let's be fair, the other shows around it are, are kind of on the similar peg with just a few more, so it's not. It's not all doom and gloom that it does sound like on a first look, but yeah, they could be better.
0: Let's not beat around the bush. Well, <laughs> they could always be better, couldn't they? They could always just, be better, um, yeah. Yeah. Again, no no cause for concern. I don't think Chibbers is going to be pulled into yeah. a, a crisis meeting at the BBC to ask mm-hmm. him what's going on. But yeah, it would be nice to have an, another mill on there, but... There we go. Yeah, three just sounds
5: a bit too. Yeah, yeah once you yeah. start dipping under that four, it doesn't, I don't know, it just sounds quite low, doesn't it? But it's um it's still <laughs> I was gonna say healthy. Yeah, yeah. It's still beating away that heartbeat. It's it's not doesn't need resuscitation yet.
0: No, we're not dialing 999 just yet. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I think this happens quite regularly with series of Doctor who, if I remember a year or so ago, we pulled up a graph that some website had put together and it had all of the viewing figures for each series. Mm. And you can't, you do get this trend where you have a really big number of viewers for the first couple of episodes and then it gradually sort of dips a little bit and then it just yeah. shoots up again for the end of series finale. So it's kind of on trend, I suppose. It's not It's not surprising anyway. When you read out 3.81, I didn't think, oh my God. Uh-oh, What's yeah. going on? It's kind of expected. So I think there as
5: long as the sort of finished figure, like as long as the sort of consolidated figure is around sort of four to five, then as long as we don't drop under that, I think it's all right. Because I think that seems to be a sort of good average viewer, you know, viewership in this day and age. I think if we start dropping under four once they've added on the other bits, so I think then that's something to be a little bit worried about. But um yeah, as long as we're around four or five mil. Um, By the time they've added on the other stuff, then I think we're all right for now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's news. Nothing else exciting really going on to chat about. No. Let's get old grumpy pants in, see what we've got. Merch wise, look out. Merch Corner. Merch Corner.
2: Merch Corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty, it's very.
4: Well, there
1: you are, young man. What do you think
3: of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's
0: everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. Try working in a shop now. Here to help. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm getting sick of this.
5: He's going to have to... You're going to have to have a word of him.
0: Yeah, I think it's time for that chat. It's the chat of you either buck up or it's back to Scarrow, mate. <laughs> back I, to scar I can't even begin to tell you what's in store if you head back there, mate. Mm. You don't want to go back there. No. I actually, yeah, we'll have a chat afterwards, and I'll, I'll let you know what they do to outlaws <laughs> like you. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, now we, Oh, now you want to talk? Go away. Uh, go away. Yeah. Get out of it. Right, the faceless ones mm. is out on three different formats. At the, uh, the middle of March. So the Faceless Ones was the... Uh, I think it was the end of last year they announced that it was going to be the next in a series of animated features that they were putting out to replace the Lost stories. And they've been pretty good so far. Yeah. The, the Macra Terror. Yes. Uh, what was the other one? Power of the Daleks. Power of Dar- yeah, they've all, been, they've all been pretty good so far. And I think the one after this one is Fury from the Deep. I That's think there's right. one after. Anyways, the Faceless Ones continues the, uh, the very cool animation, and it's coming out in three different formats. You've got the DVD, which will be priced at $14.99. You've got the Blu-ray, the standard Blu-ray, which is $18.99, and then you've got the Steelbook Blu-ray, which is an extra tenner, which will set you back twenty eight ninety nine. So the DVD mm. and the standard Blu-ray have got the same cover, which was announced, I think, a week ago just under a week ago-ish. And it's got Troughton at the bottom, and then it's got the... Um, the uh, What's the female character's name? I can't remember her name, but you see her with like, you know, half of her face is human, the other half is uh, pretty gruesome, as you'd expect mm, if you know the story. Yep. Mm. Um, but then the Steelbook version is a bit of a change of direction, really. So it it centres around the... Uh, the kind of mock travel um, design and it's got the TARDIS at the bottom and it's got a, a big jumbo jet that's taken off above it and it's got the, uh, the planet in the background and it just says travel our uh, sorry travel uh, on the front it says travel your way and underneath it says chameleon tours and on the back it says travel our way which mm. has got a slightly different planet and stuff in the background so yeah a bit of a change of direction for the steelbook
5: yeah, it's nice to finally get some artwork for this, isn't it? Because um, it's been a sort of blank. I mean, this was announced, like you said, a while ago, and it's just been a sort of a blank screen, really, for so long um, with just the title on it. So it's nice that they finally unveiled the artwork for it. I, for one, quite like it. Actually, um, I particularly like the steel book. Uh, it is different. It is. I mean, when I first saw it, it it, it just immediately caught my eye. I thought, wow, that's um, yeah. I like it. I think that's going to look really nice in hand. It is very different. Totally not what I expected. I mean, if you look at the standard cover, like you said, with Traum's face, and I could, I could imagine that being a steelbook. I think that'd make a lovely book. But um, yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting this. I think it's um, yeah, definitely going to get that steelbook. I think it looks really good. Do you like it? It's one of those. I think that it's a bit different.
0: I do. I, I do quite
5: you, like yeah. it actually. Yeah, mm.
0: it's um, it's kind of cool because. It's definitely a talking point, so if anyone picks it up and they haven't heard of this story or seen it, they'd obviously know it's Doctor Who because it's got the TARDIS on the front. Yeah. And I imagine it would be in with all the other Doctor Who Blu-rays and steelbooks books on the shelf, but it doesn't have the title of the episode anywhere on it or anything, so it's a bit of an intriguing one. No, it doesn't one. actually, know. So they'd be like, what's this all about then? So you'd have to go into the whole Wick oh, Airport I... thing and the chameleons and all that stuff, So mm. and then that might prompt them to be like, oh, well stick that on then we'll see what see what that's like but no it's um yeah it's kind of cool cover so the front is uh the it's got like a blue vibe to it and on the rear it's a greeny kind of color mm, i so, like yeah. it
5: yeah um actually talking to steelbooks i mean i don't know who's who's done the artwork for that do we do we know i don't think it says does it but um i uh, don't think because so because also out this week was the season five series five whichever you want to uh matt smith steelbook and um did you get that yet i did yes it was isn't it stunning very nice yeah it's one of those that when i saw the artwork i thought you know that looks nice and then i got the actual thing i don't know if you were the same i just thought this is truly beautiful um because it's sort of you know as you move it around in your hand it catches the light and it's a Oh, wow. I'm just, I was really, really impressed with the new Series 5 Steelbook, as you can probably tell. I just thought it was stunning. Yes, and that's yes. by Sophie Caldry, isn't it? I hope I'm saying their surname right. Yes. Did the artwork on that one. Um.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought it was brilliant. and really, really chuffed with that Steelbook. So, oh, yeah. That looks good. So all three of these releases are available to pre-order now. And the prices are quite uniform across all the main sites that you would pre-order these things from. So Amazon have got them... Uh, The prices I just read out, but then Zoom.credit.uk and Savvy, they've got them for pre-order at the same price as well. So, and they're out on March the 16th, which will be good. Not too long to wait.
5: March the 16th, that's the day after um, Talons, isn't it? BFI.
0: Oh, it is, yeah. No, two days after, yeah.
5: Two days after, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's going to be a good week then. Indeedy, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, That's it for merch, buddy. Not much else, yeah. That's your lot. (laughs) <laughs> Unless you want to talk about those bloody character figures. No, we've, we've done that. We've good, covered
5: that. Good, good,
0: We <laughs> can get out of it. Right. <laughs> Review time.
5: Yes. What have we got? Can you hear me? No, I'm not going to shout. Yeah, so this week it's, uh, well, an episode called Can You Hear Me? Wake up,
2: Doctor. Welcome back. I hope you understand now. I wasn't torturing her with nightmares. I was feeding her what she needed to stay sane. The pain of others. But even gods need a helping hand, Doctor. Thank you. You won't feel a thing when this all burns.
1: Yes, they will. <laughs> Yes.
2: Where now? those nightmares.
4: I loved them. Humans? Earth.
0: Let's take them all. This child got a mention we're finally back to some arc mm. of mentioning of stuff there we go what's your score <laughs> straight to scores <laughs> scores on the doors can you hear me it was yes, broadcast <laughs> on the 9th of february this year obviously it was written by charlene james and chris chibnall Oh, he's in there. He's been a busy man, this series, hasn't he? he? Yeah, he's been hovering over their shoulders. Yes, it was directed by Emma Sullivan, stars the usual fam that's been throughout all of Series 11 and Series 12 so far, and uh, a fairly decently sized supporting cast, and the official synopsis is thus. What connects the nightmares of a young girl from 1380 Aleppo to strange happenings in the present day? Who is the shadowy figure who appears in the night? And what have they got to do with a young woman in the far future, trapped in an impossible prison? Time catches up to the Doctor's friends who wants and dreams are set on colliding. They must now embark on a mission that will draw out their innermost fears to be confronted. Mm, Sounds exciting. It sounds exciting, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. So off the bat, dude, what you got?
5: Well, this is a strange one, isn't it?
3: Um, <laughs> I love that. Well, wow.
5: yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, I was in quite a good mood on Sunday. I'd been out. I'd had a lovely lunch with my parents, and I was back in time to watch Doctor Who. And I really, <laughs> it sounds like I was really up for this. I was in such. A, I thought, yeah, yeah. What a great day! Huh? get Doctor Who on. And um, uh, uh, about, I thought it started really good. I was, I was, you know, with this guy appearing. Um, this mysterious figure in the TARDIS. I was quite drawn in to the sort of first five to ten minutes. I thought, "Oh, this is, this is good creepy stuff. I'm liking this. What's going on with the fingers? Oh wow!" Um, and weirdly, I'm just going to mention this so I don't forget. I, I, I'm obviously completely wrong, but I could have swore when he first appeared in the TARDIS, I thought I heard the Doctor Who, like the, and then he disappeared. I thought, ah. Oh, He's, he's going to be the Black Guardian or something. I, <laughs> I could be completely wrong. Maybe I just heard a piece of music that I thought was the Doctor Who. So I, I was quite drawn in uh, to all that stuff to begin with. I was like, oh, where's this going? And then I don't know what happened because literally about 20 minutes in, I started to get really bored. And I mean really bored. I was like, <laughs> come on, what's going on in this? Then the animation kicked in, and I quite liked that. And I thought, all right. So I was drawn back into the episode. And I liked the idea about the two gods and all this. And I thought, right, okay, all right. It's been a bit slow, but here we go. It's kicking in now. Here we go. <laughs> and then it, and then they landed on Earth. And there was more talking and more flashbacks to Yaz on the road. And I really, really zoned out massively. Um, it completely lost me. And so and then I come back in and to the point that I didn't even know how it how the conclusion was. It seemed to wrap up like in seconds. I was like, what just <laughs> happened? Hang on a minute. Where have they gone? Hang on. Suddenly the episode's over. We're back to the doctor talking to Graham. And I found that really uncomfortable. I was like, what is going on in this episode? So to cut a long story short, by the time it finished, I I was sat there and I, and I thought that was dreadful. That was, I, I couldn't follow it. I was <laughs> thoroughly bored throughout it. Jodie, I thought gave a really run of the mill Just, you know, play-by-numbers performers. Honestly, I was almost angry by the end of it. I thought, well, that was just so disappointing because I don't know what I expected from that episode, but it wasn't that. And the worst thing was that I was just totally, totally bored. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, so I wasn't very impressed at all. So I jumped online to see what people were saying about it. And I was seeing people saying things like, that is the best episode since the show came back wow and stuff and i was like what i was like what have i missed and then i started seeing things like oh the bit where she handed over the 50p i was in bits i was in tears and i thought i don't know what they're talking about i don't remember a bit with 50p (laughs) and i was thinking and i don't even know how the villain was defeated so i thought right something has gone wrong here (laughs) i've zoned out so much to the point that i don't even think i watched the story i don't even think i know what happened in this story so i'm gonna have to go back and re-watch this because i'll be honest with you i always watched episode twice but with this one i i really didn't enjoy it to the point that i wasn't gonna watch it again i'd made some notes i thought that's good enough when we do the podcast i'll just i'll just go by my notes i know how i feel about it but seeing the reaction online i felt like I felt like I was the only one who, who didn't enjoy it. Apart from the odd few, um, I was thinking everyone seems to be loving this. What the hell have I missed? Like, you know, what what are people seeing that I didn't see? I thought clearly I've just been on the source because I, I just couldn't. <laughs> I was getting annoyed at myself. I was thinking, why didn't I enjoy that? Everyone's loving it. So I did watch it again. I watched it again Tuesday, uh, Monday night. I thought I've, I've got to watch it again because I need to see what I've missed. Um, I still don't particularly like it. I'm going to be honest. I did get a lot more from it. I made myself really watch it. So, I, cause I, I think that's the thing The the first night when it went out, I just, it just lost me. I was so bored that I just wasn't concentrating on it at all to the point that I didn't know what was going on. So I did get a lot more from it on a second viewing. Um, and I do think watching it again, there is some good stuff. I can see why people liked, certain parts of this story but at the end of the day cut into the chase um it's just not an episode that i particularly like uh i could see what it was doing i like the fact they were tackling certain issues all good but it didn't do anything for me at all it's definitely not one i'm going to watch again anytime soon i just found it the pace of it just so laborious i do yeah so so not yeah i'm not a fan of this one i'm afraid
0: what do you think? Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, okay, Not a fan. Okay, so mm. uh, Doctor Who.
5: <laughs> Come on, you loved it, didn't you?
0: I was going to say, Doctor Who, you know I love you. Uh. You know I love you. But, yeah, I think I enjoyed it slightly more than you. Okay. But I can absolutely see why you're saying your what you, you why you said what you said especially mm-hmm. about zoning out because there was one especially the first time i watched it there was one point in it where i thought i don't know what's going on
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
0: and i think it's not I, I honestly thought you know sometimes when you're really really tired i hope listeners can relate to this otherwise i'm going to sound crazy but you know sometimes when you're absolutely knackered tired and you're sat down, whatever, and you start to drift off asleep and you do that slow blink thing.
5: Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you,
0: you do that thing where you you sort of wake yourself up with a jolt or a snore or something. Mm. It almost felt like that had happened as I was watching the series, uh, the, this episode where I, all of a sudden I was like really into it, but I didn't understand what was going on. So I thought, have I just dozed off for like one minute? Have I just missed an important thing or something? Mm. And it's because I just zoned out. I think it was about half roughly halfway through i just yeah so on the second watch like you i thought right i'm gonna to have to sort of concentrate now because i feel like i've missed something and the same thing happened again i was like <laughs> oh no i feel like i've missed something there's a disconnect going on somewhere because I, I get the whole thing do you know what it was i think it was more around the character that was in from alipo with the the werewolfy style looking yeah. monsters yeah. and stuff when you read it on paper you can see, you can see that you can see what they were doing there they wanted to i think they were just trying to get across the fact that things were happening to people across time as well as location so i i get that so they were making it happen to this this young girl and stuff and uh, but for some reason they made like these really big scary werewolfy type monsters they don't really do anything because obviously this time of night and the type of show is you're not going to see loads of gore. You're not going to see them shredding mm. people and blood and everything. So when it happens off camera, like towards the beginning, I thought, yeah, this is quite scary. But then there's a bit where the doctor, you know, when she sent the, 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 the companions off and then she's like, okay, she's bored in the TARDIS, basically what's yeah, what's going on. And then she she ends up going to, to, to Uh One of those monsters like, you know snarls and roars in her face and she doesn't really get affected by it it's she just and then she chases after it she's like what the hell are you sort of thing and she chases after it and you think oh you would have thought that she would have crapped herself a little bit more and so i've, I've noticed that a couple of times in this yeah. series though like
5: yeah. it's as, almost as if the actors don't know what they're looking at if you know what i mean <laughs> which obviously they don't because it's probably a man with a ball on a stick but yeah, I've thought a couple of times now, like the director hasn't... It's as if they've done one take instead of saying, no, we we better do another one where you're a bit more scared and we'll pick which one's best for the shot. You know, and I've noticed that a couple of times. It was a bit like when... Um, the other week when the girl exploded on the operating table, her best, you know, that girl's best friend mm-hmm. can't remember any of the character's name. Sorry, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and she didn't really react at all. She sort of went, Whoa, I'm like your best friend's just exploded in front of your face. I think we'd need a bigger reaction. You know what I mean? And so I've noticed that a few times it's, and I, I'm going to put that down to the direction or really, because yeah, it's just that the reaction's not there to what's on
0: screen mm. or the editing. Maybe I don't know. I'll read you. it's uh mm. yeah so that character name was Tahira she was the young girl that exploded uh, no she was the girl that the doctor saves oh is it Tahira's best friend I don't know her maybe Gabrielle maybe I'm gonna take a. I I thought it was the other one.
5: way around isn't it wasn't Gabrielle the mouthy gobby youtuber and <laughs> the, the other one was a friend that exploded I'm not, I'm not sure
0: maybe yeah, yeah yeah you're probably right mate yeah you know what we're like but anyway (laughs) anyway i just felt like there there was a discontent but a discontent i'm losing it now there was a disconnect i felt Mm. between some of the story threads so what did you think to our two main villains who were the the crux of the story really and again i felt they were written in to be very uh well obviously quite godlike but it's interesting that we've never heard of these gods before or anything like that and uh, when when there was that scene where the 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 doctors on uh, is it Zelin yes yeah, so the doctors on Zelin's ship and she sees him for the first time and he looks quite menacing and we've only seen him like pop up in people's bedrooms and that sounds very weird but he's, we've seen him pop up in people's bedrooms and then he's vanished in a cloud of smoke this is the first time we've we, we've seen him sort of explain what he's doing as a, to a degree and here he is and the. Uh, I was up for like a big thing. I was like, is this going to be another big reveal? Is this going to be like another Gallifreyan that we may have heard of over the years? And mm. or was this like a renegade Time Lord? Or is it going to be a big reveal or something. And then, and, uh, and then later on he says, oh yeah, this is me. I'll go by a few names. I'm immortal basically. I'm a god. And you think, hold on a minute. We Surely we would have heard. Because I know they've done this in Doctor Who before. You know, we've had the whole... Remember in Pyramids of Mars with um, Sutek, you know, he was a a, A great destroyer. um, Yeah, yeah. like these big sort of powerful godlike figures. But I think it's more the Doctor's reaction as well, where she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) She's basically (laughs) like off the cuff, like, oh, yeah. yeah." I I, I think I remember you guys. Yeah. And then at the end, I mean, fair play. She sort of stands her ground towards the end, you know, when she's got a number on him and she's like, uh, Zellin's like, how are you alive? Or how did you survive? And then she lays the smack down on them and traps them. So mm. that, that's all good. But just the fact that they're these big, powerful, immortal gods, they get defeated awfully easily. <laughs> well, and the w- wrap-up wrap was
5: so quick that I didn't even know what
0: happened. It was a, it was unbelievable quick mm. resolution. Way too quick. It was, yeah. And I thought they were going to wreak more carnage as well, you know, towards yeah. the end when they, they land on Earth and she absorbs some of the energy i suppose from people's nightmares or dreams whatever Mm -hmm. and you think they're going to go a bit on a bit of a a rampage and start you know destroying stuff but they don't they just walk down the street for a little (laughs) for a little while and then the doctor sort of zaps them into that little floating prison that stops the two planets from colliding so yeah i just i just found it weird like i know i know it's easy to look at some episodes of classic coup with the old nostalgia goggles on and all that stuff. But if you think back to mm-hmm. something like pyramids of Mars with Sutek, he was extremely difficult to, to defeat. The doctor yeah. didn't didn't have it easy at all. So I felt like these guys were, were very, if they're immortal gods, they've done a really bad job of, mm-hmm. um, of staying immortal. Well, the, the doctor didn't kill them, I suppose, but she's locked them away. But I don't know, mate. I they just, didn't seem yeah. very powerful, did no. they?
5: I know I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I, I thought Ian Gelder was fantastic as Ellen. It'd be really creepy and stuff. And then, you know, you brought in the other god. What was her name? Reca- Recaria? Something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, as I was thinking, I think, you know, when they were stood in the street and all that energy started flowing for, I thought, oh, here we go. I sort of woke up a bit at that point. I was like, oh, what's happening now? This looks bad. And then, yeah, literally within seconds, they'd been defeated it was like nothing supposed to be massive immortal gods and absolutely nothing happened at all mm-hmm. um it just yeah it just didn't really they they were wasted i feel that's the thing i mean as i said ian gelin gelder sorry zelin is so creepy he was superb as a villain he got the voice as well proper creepy but yes. he just wasted yep. um really both of them and uh, a How rakeo however you say her name she didn't uh, really do anything did she she come out like the genie out of the bottle, a little bit smug, a few quippy lines, but she didn't really do anything. But that's, you know, more down to the script than her performance. Just felt like they, yeah, just felt wasted as, as the monster of the week for want of a better phrase, you know? Especially yeah. Zell, Zellin. He, was, he could have been brilliant. I, I wanted him to be someone, you know, as well. I think, because the Doctor sort of reacts when she says he says the name, doesn't she? She was like, oh, you can't be. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh, who is it? Black Guardian? No, Oh, So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It didn't, it, it, it didn't land for me, I think is what I'm no. trying to say. It sounds the same for you. It just fell a bit flat. It's like two great gods,
0: and they, didn't, they just got put back in the bowl. Yeah. And uh, he groups himself in with some decent company as well, so mm-hmm. you, would, you would have thought that he would have been a bit more of a handful. So he also mentions the celestial toy maker he mentions the guardians the eternals from yeah. uh, from enlightenment so he grouped you know he mentions these other big uh, powerful immortal people uh, from from previous doctor who so you thought you know he's going to be a handful but alas just like yeah you're right actually just putting the genie back in the bottle it wasn't it just didn't seem that difficult for the doctor really no,
5: I'd, my ears did prick up when he mentioned uh, the toy maker. I thought, yeah, I thought that might be going somewhere. I, I do like the fact they did that. Um, Nice to get a nice reference in there, but again, didn't really tie in with anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was nice. I did like the, the mention of the toy maker.
0: Yeah, that was good.
5: So I do like that story.
0: Yeah, there was some good stuff in the episode. Uh, I really, I still really like Yaz's character development, you know? Yes, so do I. Doing yep. a good job with that at the moment. I really like her sort of flashbacks as she's drifting into, uh, into her dreams or nightmares whatever they are mm. you see that moment in time where she's about to give up on everything uh, not to the point where I think she was suicidal or anything but she, was, she had her bags packed and she was just ready to she had enough basically and was ready to bug her off yeah and there was that police officer that talked her out of it and it was that lovely moment I know you said you didn't really you really oh, I got it on it, the but, second watch. Yeah.
5: I totally got it. Yeah, I thought I did, and I did think it was a nice moment when I actually paid attention. But um, yeah, I didn't even—I genuinely didn't even remember that scene the first time I watched it. I must have really, really—I don't think I fell asleep. But I must have really zoned out because I don't didn't even remember her giving the fifty p the first time I watched it. I, I didn't know what
0: people were talking about. Yeah, it was not. I, yeah, I think that was more down to the performance of the police officer. I can't remember the police officer's name, but. It was a lovely reaction when mm. Yaz turns up on the doorstep and she's like, "You don't remember me?" And she she's like, yaz been calm. Yeah, she knows completely. She—that's yeah, a lovely little bit. So, I really like it. Like Yaz has been really good this series so far. We've mentioned it in the last few. She just seems to have like an extra bit of character development on top of what uh, Ryan and Ryan and Graham are getting this series."
5: Yeah, I I've I've really warmed to Yaz's character. I'm I'm the same as you. I'm really liking her. And I feel like um Mandip has I know she wanted more development. I think she spoke about this at um something she was at where she appeared at. She said she, you know, she really wanted more development of her character. Um, which they've done. And I think Yasmin's really sort of decided to grab this part and go, you know, she's putting, you could tell she's putting the effort in. Um, I think it's a really nice performance of her, and I've, as I said, have really grown quite fond of the character. The flip side of that is, um, I'm still loving Graham, (laughs) I still love Graham, but the flip side is that Tosin, uh, Ryan, Ryan Sinclair, is is having the absolute opposite effect. He (laughs) seems to be coming duller by the week. Like, when he turned up and he went, I got chips! I was just like, oh God. I'm I'm not saying I don't like Ryan's character, but I'm saying, you know, if you're gonna get rid of one, I don't want Yaz to go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, right. I really right. like Yaz. But yeah. I've got a feeling she is going, you know.
0: I've just got a feeling. Yeah. You, you kind I of get that feeling, be- yeah. you kind of get that feeling, don't know they, that they're building up the because they're they're emphasizing her character a bit more. Mm. Do you get the feeling that they're kind of setting her up for a <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I suppose
5: if it's going to have any impact, it's supposed to has to be her. Because I'm not disliking Ryan by any means, but um, out of the two, if I was going to get rid of one, it would be
0: Ryan. I I would definitely keep Yaz and Graham. Yeah, Graham's a funny one because he's still great. Don't get me wrong, Bradley Walsh Mm. is still very good. Graham's a good character, but I felt like he had more meaning in Series Eleven than he than he has in this series so far. I feel like they've They've lent a little bit more towards the comic relief y side of things in, in this series, with the exception of some of the chats that he had with the characters in the the last episode. Yeah, uh, yeah,
5: the bus driver guys. Uh
0: well, it this one, yeah, no. but in the last episode when he was talking to Oh yeah,
5: that was this one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
0: in the last <laughs> one where he was talking to the the, the husband of the astronaut you know, when there was a huge oh, yes. chat around that. And so, after, you know, with the exception of those nice little scenes, he has been a bit just quippy, a little but bit comic know, reliefy.
5: You know, I feel, I can't help but feel, call me the pessimist. <laughs> I can't help but feel that's because he was slightly stealing the show in series 11.
0: A little bit, I, yeah.
5: And I feel like they're like, mm, no, you know, <laughs> it's Jodie's show. You, you know, so I personally, I feel like he's just been just, had to take a back seat a little bit to let Jodie shine, which is probably right. It sh- she should be pushed to the forefront, but that's why I feel that Graham has been pushed a little bit to the sidelines. Right.
0: Cause I yeah. think he was just stealing the show basically. Yeah. I think I do mm. feel uh, on the subject of Ryan, I mm. that the scenes that you had with his mate, Tibbo, I felt they were quite nice actually, because it, it, I think it was episode three, maybe two or three. There was a scene where Ryan's playing football or no, basketball. Yeah. Basketball or football with his friends, whatever. And you can tell that that's a bit more, you know, bants, bants, bads, lads, lads. Whereas I feel like this one kind of showed the other side of that friend mate relationship because very rarely do you find, and I think that's what we'll come onto this in just a second, but Mm. I think that's what they were trying to achieve to a degree on the subject of mental health for this episode where. Sometimes it's very, very easy to, it's easy to interact with somebody and not necessarily pick up on there being anything seriously wrong with someone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I feel like in this, especially, I'm going to make me sound very old now, but especially in this day and age and the generation that's coming up now, it's all very much, uh, life tends to, to come across as a bit uh amazing at times when you don't really know what's going on on the other side and i use something like instagram as an example mm. you see a lot of people who live their instagram life where everything's picture perfect and everything's amazing but behind closed doors or when the camera's not on that's often a very different story oh yeah you know so i'm, I'm going deep here. i realize that but i feel like mm. with mates like i when i was growing up when i was in my early 20s or my late teens whatever I didn't have any relationships with any of my mates in high school or college where I could just sit down and talk to them about a problem. It didn't, I didn't feel like I had that mm. connection. I had that with some of my female friends, but not with my mates, you know, my male friends. Yeah. So I feel I I can get what they were trying to do with Ryan and Thibault, where they were trying to get across like, look, you know, you don't have to put on this facade to this show like, you know, it's all bants and everyone's mentally strong all the time. There are moments where you've got to be there for your mates and you've got to try and pick up on when things aren't right, and that's I think that's what they they try to do with that. But I actually quite like those scenes. You know, I know you said you went to to hung up with uh, with Ryan at the minute, but
1: mm.
0: I felt like they uh. were okay.
5: I, I do, yeah, I get you, mate. I, I appreciated them more on a second watch, that's that's for sure, because I think at the first watch, those were the ones where I was zoning out a bit, because I was like, I wanted to get on with the story. And I kind of, that's why I think a lot of the mental health issues that they sort of brought into this episode, they kind of went over my head a bit, first watch, because I was just wanted, like, you know, the science fiction side of it. So it was only on a second watch, really, when I appreciated what they were doing in those scenes. Uh, and it is a. I, I like the fact that They've you you know they've they've tackled that issue as well as giving all the characters a bit of you know bringing the characters back down to earth and giving them a bit of character development. So I think that's really good to, way to do it. I just kind of feel like we should have had this earlier on in the series, not rather than because we're sort of starting to get to know them now and the, these new friends that we got to meet and stuff. I I just feel like yeah that should have been done sort of you know because we're getting near the end of the series now. Um, I just feel like we should, maybe it should have been a bit earlier on, but but yeah, I do get it, and I I do think it was um, I do think it was handled quite well for the most part, um, but maybe not the end scene, which we'll come to in a bit. I don't know, I don't know quite how I feel about that with the Doctor and Graham, but we'll come to that in a bit because I want to ask you something before we go go forward. Um, what did you think about Grace suddenly oh, popping yeah, up
0: yeah.
5: again? It's like Sharon, Sharon. Can you pop back and film a scene? Sharon, yeah. Sharon. Sharon. They always bring her back, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And I love it. I, I mean, I love, I I, I like Sharon D. Clarke as Grace. I think she's great. Um, So I was pleased to see her, but it just makes you laugh that they keep giving her these little cameos. It's almost as if they regret getting rid of her, doesn't it? It's like, oh, how can we bring, how can we bring
0: Grace back?
5: Um, but yeah, it's nice to see her again, wasn't it?
0: It was, mate. Yeah, and even though she was a bit evil. Well, yeah, I think that's. I think that was more about Graham than it was about Grace. I think that's playing on his guilt, his kind of absolutely his repressed guilt. It felt like where Mm. he still blames himself for, feels responsible, I guess, for not being able to save her. Like I think that's a fairly normal reaction, you know. If you've, even though people, you know, many people will tell you there's nothing you could have done and all that stuff, you probably still feels a bit like well i still feel guilt so i think that was more about his internal feelings rather than trying mm-hmm. to portray grace as a as a meanie pants but it was great to see her back because it really did hammer home the impact of what he was feeling you know it was a real good and what do you think about him round round the table with his mates as well and oh i liked that that was proper um, graham wasn't it
5: that's proper, Graham. And I love the fact, because that was a bit, that did make me laugh. It's probably one of the few bits of, because there's not much humour in this. It's quite a dark episode, isn't it? Um, but yeah, when he'd sort of zoned out and had the flashbacks and then he'd doubt all the cards on the table, I thought, oh, that's it. <laughs> that was a nice moment. Um, and his mates are like, I think you have missed out there, mate. Uh, I thought that was good. I liked all that stuff. Um yeah. yeah, he's a very down to earth character, Graham. You can totally relate to him, I
0: think. yes so. yeah, yeah. And talking to Graham, then let's let's address the elephant. Well, yeah, let's do that. Depending yeah. on how you view it, the potential elephant in the room, where mm. uh, so yeah, Graham sort of decides to uh, what's the word? Confide, confide in the Doctor at the end that you know he's had his checkups medically. He's been given the all clear, but he still feels like. You know, he's scared, essentially, that his cancer might return or has returned, whatever. And the doctor's very much like quite dismissive, I would say, and not really sure on what to say and so on. Now, before we get into this, bud, Hmm. I don't know if you saw this earlier, but the BBC released a statement about that final scene.
5: Oh right, no, I haven't seen it. What what have the BBC got to say?
0: Yes, I'll read it. It's quite short. It basically says, When Graham opened up to the doctor about his fear of his cancer returning, her response was never meant to be dismissive. The doctor's friend was scared, and we see her struggling to deal with the severity of the situation. The intention of the scene was to acknowledge how hard it can be to deal with conversations on this subject matter when faced with these situations people don't always have the right words to say at the right time and this can often lead to feelings of guilt by showing the doctor struggling to find the right words the intention was to sympathize with all those who may have found themselves in a similar position so i think what they're trying to say was that scene wasn't actually about graham the scene was Mm. actually meant to be how the doctor reacts to that but she's quite awkward with it because she can't find the right words to say, which I think they're saying is a lot of people have that when they somebody comes to them with like a big thing. Yeah. Sometimes they don't always just in a split second know the right thing to say. So she's quite clumsy and awkward and can't really get, you know, the words out. That, so that's what the BBC are saying. And then the comments underneath that tweet were just completely, you know, there was some people saying, yep, we got that when we saw it, totally agree. Mm-hmm. And there was other people that were... You know, Doctor Who's dead to me. Those kind of things were going on. Mm. So <laughs> what did you feel about this, this scene then, dude? See, I
5: now, yeah, I, I kind of get that from the statement. I think, all right, I can see where they were going with that then. Um, no, I, I didn't like it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't like it. I I didn't like it the, on the first watch. I thought that was odd. But then on the second watch, I really didn't like it. Right. Um, I just felt... I don't know. I just felt the writing could have been better in that scene because like you said, I I think what they were trying to do is a good thing Uh, in sense that we've all had that moment when someone tells us something, uh, especially something big like cancer or illness, it's very difficult to know how to react or talk to someone when they give you that news. So I think that's a really good thing that they were trying to portray. I just don't think they got it right. Um, And I think that's really down to the script. Because I think the Doctor could have still been socially awkward and she still could have found that a difficult surgery. But I just don't think the way it was written betrayed that. You know, she's like, I'm going to move over here. I'm going to pretend to think of something. I, I totally get what they were doing. But for me, it, again, it just didn't land. I just felt it come across as really cold. And I can't help but feel it. it was slightly out of character because... Yes, the 13th Doctor, you know, the Doctor is alien. He should be different and not, you know, I totally get all that stuff. But I think Jodie's Doctor is so, for want of a better word, mouthy. She's not one for holding back. She talks constantly. Um, that I, I, It just felt strange that she suddenly didn't have the words. And the other thing is that I'd like to say to back up my opinion <laughs> is that I think back to the scene of the second Doctor with Victoria. In Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh, yeah. When she's scared and he goes over and he comforts her and starts talking about his childhood. Mm -hmm. Now, you see, yes, different doctors, different way of dealing with stuff, but I just want to bring this back to how the Doctor is written and the script itself. Think how lovely that moment is with the second Doctor. He doesn't really... He's still awkward. He still doesn't really get it all right, but he manages to comfort yeah victoria doesn't he, he says i oh. was he say he's talking about his childhood isn't he anyway that scene beautiful scene to someone so i think there was a chance to have a really nice moment between the doctor and graham there yes she could have found it awkward yes there could have been stumbling dialogue but it could have been a nice scene that even though she was awkward she still in her own way managed to comfort graham and he could have just sort of done you know laughed and thought well that's the doctor and which he kind of did but i just don't think it was written well enough you know it wasn't a nice moment it was an awkward moment really mm. awkward
3: yeah
5: you know yeah. it didn't it just i just think it was a wasted opportunity that could have been that could have been such a nice moment between the two of them it still could have been awkward but it, it just could have been a bit like the second doctor in victoria it could have been a lovely lovely moment that and um i just don't think it was i found it a awkward cold moment it did did, yeah just left me cold
0: hmm yeah that's
5: how I feel about it
0: yeah dude I think um yeah uh it's such a tricky one because you can absolutely see what they're trying to do yeah you can you can see that that's obvious but I think the script the writing just I think yeah the execution just let it down I think the doctor came across as too. I mean, it's not like, it's not like Graham's like, look, doc, I've got this, you know, problem. I wanted to get a mixed kebab, Mm -hmm. but they only had chicken, you know, then like the doctor's like, all right, whatever. But the fact that he's telling her something so important, he's telling Mm -hmm. her something so personal and so important. You're right. She could have still, it could have been handled in a way where she was still quite awkward and not found the exact right words to say but she could have been a lot more um, warm with it. You're not so, Uh, yeah, because the BBC said, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't meant to be dismissive, but it's difficult to see her as not being dismissive when you watch Mm. that scene, you know, it's quite tricky. So, yeah, like I said at the very beginning of the show, Series 12 has definitely served up some stuff (laughs) that's quite controversial and very, fuels like, you know, the, the socials and stuff for, for chat around his stuff. But me personally, I feel like that scene could have been a, a hundred times better if she'd have just, if they'd have tweaked it just a little bit where she's, yeah. Cause it doesn't even feel like she's paying attention at one point, you know? And I know he, he's doing it in a way as well that I imagine if he went and said to her, look, I need two minutes alone. This is like mega important. Then fine. But he's coming across like he's got a bit of a smile on his face at times and he's whispering and it's, you know, he doesn't come across like he's. He has to tell her this because it's excused. Pun life or death, mm. but still, you know, she could have. I don't think that's Jodie. I think that's just the the script. You know, the way it was written. Yeah, and, I, and I just feel
5: it was a real wasted opportunity. It could like, have been a lovely you know, moment. Yeah. It could have been a nice moment. Yeah. It could have been an awkward, sweet hit pull at the heartstrings moment instead yeah. of making me feel instead of sort of bringing it home about what's happening with Graham and that moment, it just actually in some ways made me think, Oh, it was, it was just
0: horrible in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't have the right effect. Yeah. To bring the mood up a little bit though. What did you mm-hmm. think to the incredibly cheesy Dallas style? Uh, look at the, you know, at the end where the doctor's talking about something and the camera sort of focuses in on each companion's face and then they sort of look up past camera or they do something just like those old sort of, Sitcoms you see, like Dallas and uh, the A team, you must know what I'm talking about. Wait, I I do, I know what you're talking about, but what scene was that at the very end, at the very end when they're in the TARDIS? Yeah, and the doctor's saying something that the doctor's saying something, uh, you know, she goes off and she says, We know, Mary Shelley, we're gonna go, you know, oh, yeah, go back into the TARDIS, and then the doctor's saying something. And the the camera then sort of goes to each companion in turn, and it sort of frames their sort of face, and they sort of look out into the distance. Like, and it was just like those old eighties sitcoms where they even notice that they normally do it in the intro, but they you know where. You know when the, the, the camera's on somebody and then it sort of freezes and then you see their names like starring? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was like that, but at the end of the show. I, might, I can't be the only one that picked up on how hilarious that was. I, was I may
5: have been cracking. writing a note or something. I just didn't notice <laughs> it. Because obviously the first time I watched this, I was gone by this point in the episode. I was just... I'd checked out the room. Oh, so dude, the second yeah. time, I was probably just writing a note. I didn't even notice it. Oh, don't tell me I've got to watch it again. or <laughs> well, just those final 30 <laughs> seconds. Final bits. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, oh, I, 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 this may surprise you, but I love Dallas. <laughs> so I know exactly the bit you mean, like the opening title secrets. Yeah, I didn't notice it
0: at all. It was so funny, dude. That The, the first yeah. time I watched it, as the final credits, like and the music kicked in, I was cracking up. It just felt like it that really old school... Eighties sort of production uh, feel, wow. to it. yeah, it's it's not like in your face where the camera doesn't freeze frame, but yeah. you know, as the doctor's talking about where they're going off, I can't remember what she says, but
5: she's off to about meeting Mary Shelley, isn't she?
0: Yeah. So this is after that bit, and they're they're, right. in, they're in the final scene of the TARDIS, and you know, Yaz and Ryan have just said about you know. Are we sure about travelling with the doctor? Because, you know, people are getting older, but they don't notice. And
5: I did like that bit, by the way. I did like that little bit. I thought, oh, that's a good point, isn't it? Because you do start to think about that, don't you? You think, you know, they're changing, but the people they go back and meet on Earth aren't. They're stuck in that same... I thought that was a really good little point. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, like that.
0: Anyways, it's after that bit. And she's about to, like, hit the big handle on the console to travel off. And as she's saying each word, it cuts to each companion... And it's like a little Dallas moment. It's quite funny, but uh,
5: okay, I will, I will watch that <laughs> because yeah. I didn't see that at all. Again, I must have checked out. I, I, as you can tell, I wasn't <laughs> a fan of this story, and I probably just wanted to switch it off, so I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> I'll have yeah. to have another
0: look. <laughs> yeah, what did you think to um, Ryan getting his mate Thibaut to go to focus group or a counselling group, whatever?
5: Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I did. On the second watch, I did kind of like that storyline um, once I was was watching it properly. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was all, all good stuff.
0: Yeah. I yeah. really liked that part of the story. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I did.
5: Uh, I thought there was a good, although I was slagged right off a little bit earlier, there was quite <laughs> a good uh, sort of matey feel between those
0: two in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Thibaut, is it? Thibaut. Yeah. Thibaut. Yeah. 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 So I felt that it was good that, again, picking up on the mental health aspect of things, yeah. which was the theme of the show, obviously. Uh, it was good that they showed something that can be good about that stuff. So even though someone's going through that stuff, which he clearly was, and Ryan picked up on that, he, um, he basically, you know, put his foot down, said, look, I need you to do something. There's going to be no argument about it. And mm. you see him in there talking about it. And then you just see his face kind of, that sense of relief, like a thousand pounds have been taken off of his shoulder because he's able to talk about what he's feeling and everyone yeah. else is like, yeah, I feel like that too sometimes, you know, and I've had that. And you can just tell, you know, his his posture relaxes a little bit and he smiles a bit. And, and that must be good for people to hear that I feel like that. You know, if you've got something that's really weighty and it's, you don't know how to say it or who to say it to. Mm. It's, it's a good thing that you can, there are places and people you can go to. So again, going a bit deep, but it was, I thought it was a good, uh, a good way of handling that character.
5: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that they did do that well. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, what was going to say? Um, uh, Segan, Akinola sort of stepped up a little bit more with the music this week. I I don't know. Well, it's certainly I, I, a bit. There was certainly a lot more music in this one. Yeah, I,
5: I've got to be honest. I <laughs> thought it was a bit drab. <laughs> really? I'm getting a bit bored of his music. If I'm if I'm totally honest. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it was bad, because it wasn't, it was fine, but I'm, I suppose, yeah, I'm just a bit bored of his music, I don't know, it didn't do anything for me, his no, music, no. this episode, as I said, not bad, but no, okay. it just didn't do anything for me, to be honest with you. Mm.
0: Okay, I felt it was a bit better this week, I felt like we had a yeah. bit more of a bit more of a thumping theme, a bit more of a build-up, a bit more atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I think you and I... Yeah, I think... <laughs> Sorry,
5: yeah, I just did... It. It's one of the notes I made was uh, that I'm just getting a bit tired of his same old music.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Adam did not have his Weetabix well, this both is the mornings thing. This that he is... watched this one.
5: <laughs> this is the thing. This is why I mentioned earlier that I was in a really good mood <laughs> like when I, when this episode came on. I, I don't want people to think... Because I think it is one of those episodes you have to be in the mood for. <laughs> And I was up for this. I was up for this episode. So it's not that I sort of came into it and was grumpy, and like oh, Doctor Who's on it. I was really up for this story. So I yeah,
0: did. I don't know. Yeah, last week as well. At the end of last week's show, I th- I said, didn't I? These mm. next two stories look really good. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to these next two ones. So yeah. hopefully this Sunday's is going to be. A, oh, I hope so. A decent one before the um the finale story. But uh, yeah. uh, what do you think to the Doctor's? dream about the timeless child then so we like we said we have got that mention in there we've got a bit more of the the overarching sort of mm-hmm. thing that's going on this series but nothing given away too much I think we saw the timeless child whoever that was the little girl yeah on Gallifrey then- I presume uh what do you reckon then a, a nice little insert or Pointless. yeah
5: no no i know i like i mean it was pointless but i liked it <laughs> so either the old fish eye lens yeah yeah getting it come out of the bag uh, no i liked the little moment I, again it was just nice i think because it just reminds you that that arc's there as i said it was pointless because it didn't go anywhere or add anything to the arc but um but it was just nice that it was there to sort of you know just have that little moment i think yeah. so i quite like that i'm still
0: mm. very intrigued by all that timeless child stuff you're off. Mm. Oh, Okay. Uh, Character-wise, then, I think we've spoken about most people. Yeah. Um, Tahira, who was the character on Aleppo from a long, long time ago. What do you reckon to her? She was kind of throughout the episode, wasn't she? Um, was yeah, she was okay, wasn't she? I'm pretty sure mm. it's her. Yeah. Um, she was okay. She didn't really leave uh, any
5: lasting impression. No, I was
0: going to but... say, unfortunately, probably won't remember her too much no. in a year's time or whatever, but... Uh, spoken about the, the fam, uh, just on Jodie, then you said that this was like the most kind of by the mill, run of the mill story for her. Then,
5: I just in terms of her acting, I just didn't think she it just felt like she's going through the motions a bit this week because I've started to really warm towards Jodie's doctor. Um, but I just found there are times, I hate to say this, but there are times when I just find her style of acting a bit cringy, and I'm afraid there was a few moments in this, in particular when she first gets on the ship and she's like doing a lot of wide-eyed, ah, oh, wow, that means, and she starts doing all the expedition and stuff, and I was just getting a little bit like, hmm. I don't know, sometimes her doctor just doesn't do it for me, and this was one of those episodes again not particularly anything bad just i didn't think it was anything particularly good um they, she just didn't feel very layered to me this week i'm afraid sorry yeah. hate to be negative because i have started to like her but that and the blimmin sonic again it just it didn't do a lot for me this week i'm afraid no, I you. yeah i still
0: yeah. i still think she was good i think she is mm-hmm. she is better than last series for sure but yeah i kind of agree with you i think she was nothing just nothing memorable really N- nothing no. not it doesn't necessarily every scene she's in doesn't have to be memorable but uh it's like it's, it's not one of those stories where we'll talk about how great she was from start to finish you know she had yeah. a nice little moments but nothing crazy uh, she's just a bit
5: one level for me this week right. but the only way i can describe it just all on one level mm-hmm.
0: okay mm. uh, yeah. and then we spoke about zelin and he was um, good yeah what's her, what's her face uh what Rakea or uh, whatever it Rakea? is yeah the other god the other god yeah oh
5: did you like the animation bit by the way because i mentioned it earlier but you didn't say did you like that bit
0: oh yeah that was very um uh that was kind of cool actually though they, they, yeah yeah they did a whole thing like that in one of the harry potter films where oh. her is talking about the um what's it the uh you know what i'm talking about
5: i vaguely remember yeah i've, I've watched all the potter films but Ages ago, yeah.
0: I can't remember what it is now. Mm. It reminded me of
5: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It's kind of cool when they do that because it's just a different, it's a nice sort of different storytelling technique. It changes it up a bit. Uh, Didn't they do it in a 10th Doctor story?
5: A little bit. Not to this extent, but wasn't there a 10th? No, not 10th Doctor, sorry.
0: No, Uh, you're thinking of... um, Where the
5: sky all started changing and Capaldi story,
0: I mean. You're thinking of Fear Her.
5: No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Sorry, Twelfth Doctor. I'm sure there was a story that started with, like, a landscape and all the sky changing, and I can't think what it was.
0: Uh, I don't know, dude. I think, um, I remember Fear Her of the Was it lie of, of the Land? Did I that don't have a, know. Maybe anyway, I don't, yeah. Maybe.
5: It, anyway, I thought this one was quite nice. This, Yeah, a bit more memorable,
0: yeah. Yes, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's talking about the Deathly Hallows oh yeah yeah right okay yeah. um but no it's uh it's cool to change it up you know mm. it's kind of cool
5: it added something to it as i said it did sort of bring me back into the episode for a little bit uh
0: mm. for sure yes mm. uh, and then Thibaut, fairly good character played pretty yeah, well Yeah, i liked yeah. him yeah okay anything else in your notes bud no i think um
5: no i think i've got it all off my chest you've got it
0: <laughs> okay i think it's me to go first it is I think yeah. so i'm going to give this a six out of ten a six eh? Yeah. right um i changed my score from the
5: first time i watched it to the second the first time i watched this i genuinely scored it two i really wow. okay. didn't enjoy it i know uh but i got a bit more out of it second time i'm going to give it it actually went up double so i went 4.5 a 4.5 okay 4.5 on the second one yeah i got a lot more fruit from it the second time i watched it and actually watched it properly so yeah 3, 4.5. 4.5
0: okay yeah i thought it was another one of those sort of run of the milly type of praxia y type of kablammy orphan 55 type of middle of the roadish not too bad but certainly nothing nothing too memorable or crazy really no yeah uh right what did our awesome listeners think of this one then mm-hmm. let's crack on with some audio clips first up is sammy satine from Dan under
4: hey gary and adam sammy satine here so can you hear me seems chibnall took notes to up the character development slightly this week it's a step in the right direction but it could be improved slightly As to the episode, well, it wasn't my cup of tea. I won't be watching it again. Nice to see the Timeless Child this week. I like all the references to the Guardians, the Eternals and the Toymaker. At least it wasn't another environment-related story. Oh boy, am I sick of those. Anyway, I give it 6 Zellens out of 10. See ya.
0: 6 Zellens. Hmm. Thank you very much, Sammy. Hopefully, uh, the uh, the next story on the finale and whatever will um will pick up a little bit. So we're going to get those review scores a bit higher. But yeah, thank you very much. Next up is Martin Arnold. Hi,
6: everybody. As someone with mental health issues, um, that was a profound story, and I think it's wonderful and a testament to the show's inclusivity and imagination that they can come up with these sort of stories and handle them so well. Um, it wasn't a perfect story, um, it resolved a little quickly given the nature of what they were up against, and that's that's just the nature of the, the format they've got, the sort of all long episode. That's just the truth of New Who, unfortunately. But it resolved credibly, the stuff that was needed to defeat the Immortals was there uh, and already established, even though the Sonic was a bit overused, but that's a minor quibble, I've never been a huge opponent of the Sonic. Um, Jodie is proving to be um, an absolutely stellar Doctor this is, it's just wonderful, the scene at the end with her and Graham was sublime this is, this is good television, it's good Doctor Who and I hope she stays in the role for a, a, a good long while um, and just to end um, as someone with mental health issues, this show has helped me immeasurably um, through some dark times and I would like to say thanks very much for putting this stuff out there it's a real pleasure to listen to and contribute to so thanks very much and um, long live Doctor Who Cheers.
0: <laughs> long indeed, Martin. Long live Doctor Who. And it's interesting to hear from from somebody like yourself with, uh, as you said, uh, mental health um, history and so on. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I can totally say where you coming from, Martin. And it's always a pleasure putting on the show every week for everybody. It's um, yes, you're very welcome. So thank you very much for that and your thoughts as well on your score. So really glad that you enjoyed that one. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Let's move on to
2: Alex Kingdom. Hello, Garen Adam of the Big Blue Box Podcast. How are you guys doing? Another great story. Uh, Negatives out the way first. I didn't really care for the A-plot, which was meant to be this whole dreamy dude. I like the half had his fingers ejected from his hands. It was very strange, very creepy. Ugh. But apart from that, I didn't really care for it. I thought it was a bit a bit of what we've seen before with the Dream Lord and what have you. I thought that uh, woman, I don't know her name, I thought she was really bad uh, as the weird witch person. I didn't like the, the turn... ...in between the story, I didn't care for that... ...but everything outside of that... ...the whole character development side of things... ...was really, really strong... Like, ...so the, probably the strongest in the series... ...so it's kind sort of a Marmite uh, plot... ...and episode and things that happened... ...but I mean, I, to be honest... ...I think the biggest and most controversial thing I've seen on Twitter... ...is that scene between Graham and Thirteen... ...where Graham's like... Uh, he got my, ...I'm worried about my cats coming back... ...and she just says I'm socially awkward... ...a lot of people have been reading this as bad writing for Thirteen... I think she knows something that we perhaps don't want to admit. I think she knows that Graham's got his cancer will re-emerge eventually. I think she has an idea. Uh, I don't know how she knows it, but hey, she does. So I'll give the episode a 7 out of 10. I thought it was really solid, another solid episode of Who. Uh, and Adam, to answer your question, I am 18. Uh, so yeah, there you go, you now know. But anyway guys, I'll catch you next week for the Mary Shelley episode. I don't know its name, but I'll see you guys then. Have a good week and uh, yeah, enjoy. Thank you very much, Alex. You cheeky
0: chappy. He's 18. <laughs> yeah, Adam did ask uh, that last week, but uh, yeah, you've kind of grown up with us, Alex. You've been with us since the beginning. So yeah, it's uh, it's really fun because when you first, when we first started the podcast and you were sending in reviews, you were a lot younger and your voice hadn't broken and all that stuff. So um, yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Thanks for that one, Alex. Let's move on. This is Callum Morrison.
3: Hello. Can you hear me? Hi guys, it's the Hooniverse here, just calling over to make an, a little bit of an audio review because I missed last week. Praxius was only a 2 out of 6. It was okay, not brilliant, was a bit bored by it. Moving on to this week, Jodie was on fire, and I mean on fire. Like, I'd say that a lot for episodes, but she felt very confident in the role this week, and honestly, I'd love to see more 13 on her own because Jodie owned it. Jody owned that episode. The villains were defeated a bit quickly, but I don't mind that because villains are usually defeated quickly. And who, honestly, it's like a click of a finger, doctor sorted it, he's off again. Um, then Ryan and, not Ryan, sorry, Graham and Yaz had a brilliant backstory this week. You know, Ryan's nightmare of Grace was painful because, like, it was really emotional. That was done really well. Uh, and Yaz, her backstory was really interesting. Ryan's leaving at the end of the season. I'm just gonna say that now as a fact. Um, it just feels that way from this episode. But yeah, uh it was brilliant. I'd give it a four out of six, maybe a four point seven, so higher up at the end. Thanks, guys, bye.
0: A four out of six. Interesting rating system you've got there, Callum, but thank you. Thank you very much. So if it's a four out of six, and that's probably something like an eight out of ten or a seven point five or something. So a pretty reasonable score there, thank you very much. Moving on, this is Time Lord 0902. Hello Gary and
6: Adam, it's time Lord 902 with my review of Can You Hear Me. I found this episode to be very poor and very boring. I spent part of my time looking at my phone, at one point got up and did something I thought I would never do in a Doctor Who episode. Turned off the television and found a better use of my time. I did manage to go back and watch the rest of it. Found it very poorly written, very poorly cast. There were some good ideas, but unfortunately they were not fleshed out properly. And the end with Bradley Walsh giving that speech and having the Doctor just disregard him. I have no words. I'm very angry. But I will give you my greatest nightmare. My greatest nightmare is that Chibnall and the Miscast Cosplayer will continue on with the series. I give this a 1 out of 10, and only because of Bradley Walsh. You all have a great day.
0: Oh dear. Oh dear, a 1 out of 10. Crikey. Uh, TL0902 not liking that one at all. Thank you very much for sending in your thoughts though appreciate it as always a couple more to go through this is george puddy
4: hello garen adams so can you hear me i was so hyped for this episode i was really excited for it and i couldn't be more wrong about an episode to be honest it just left me really disappointed and a bit angry to be honest there were a couple of creepy scenes and the guy who you thought was going to be the black guardian who wasn't was kind of creepy But that's all it really has, it really loses a lot of weight when it tries to get us invested in these random characters who we don't know, we don't care about, yet we're supposed to care about them. And Jodie Whittaker was just not very good, I've praised her doctor so much this series, but that scene where she dismisses Graham's cancer is just probably the worst piece of writing that has ever been in Doctor Who. I just did not understand why they would put in this potential character breaking moment and from someone who suffers from mental health myself that was so poor to see and you can't make an episode about mental health but then just tack every single bit about mental health just on at the end it it really disappointed me to be honest it doesn't know what it wants to be is it about mental health? not really is it about creepy dreams and this creepy guy? not really and it's just rushed. I just didn't like this episode. And like I said, that last scene left me a bit angry, to be honest. So I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. It's easily the worst episode of this series. And it's one of my least favourite episodes of Modern Who. It just didn't do anything for me, unfortunately. And yeah, was really annoyed at the end of it.
0: Oh no. Ah, George. I totally get what you're saying though, mate. Totally get what you're saying. I think there's an interesting an interesting trend that's happening. I think a lot of the, well, this isn't absolute, but a lot of the views that I saw online and from people that have sent in audio clips to our show this week and so on, a lot of people that have suffered with mental health issues themselves or experienced it are not really liking the episode, especially the end end scene with the Doctor and Graham, whereas people that haven't uh, experienced that so much, they can kind of see it from both sides. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's it's a shame you didn't. Well, it's not a shame that you didn't enjoy it, George. It's a, it's a shame that, that that scene was written the way it was that made you feel, and others feel that it wasn't quite hitting the mark. So um, ah oh dear, so another and not a good one there from George. And George emailed in and said, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to send him reviews. And of course we remember you, George. Back in the um, back in the uh, the earlier days, of course I remember you uh, sending an audio clip. So it's great that you're back on the on the audio clip train. It's very nice to have you back so thank you very much for taking the time to put that in and the last one this week is craig bryce
1: Hi guys, hope you're well. So, can you hear me? What did I think? Well, I'm going to tell you what my wife thought first. Uh, My wife said this was possibly one of the worst pieces of television she has ever seen. And I agree with that. This episode was awful. Definitely the worst in Jodie's run. And I actually think Jodie was at her worst here. Not all her fault. The lines she was was given to say were terrible. And that sonic screwdriver. All of a sudden it can fly now. And uh, that scene at the end with Graham, which should have been a really important scene, was just terribly written. I mean, this is a Doctor Who... Doesn't know how to shut up and at this point she doesn't know what to say. Awful. Um, the rest of the story was boring. The rest of the cast were okay. Um, I know it touched up on mental health, this story, but I'm um, sorry, Richard Curtis did a much better job of it with uh, Vincent and the Doctor back in 2010. A couple of nice little things. Ian Gelder was good. The opening shot was good of Syria. And the nice little mention of the toy maker. But uh, sorry, all in all, 3.5 out of 10. Sorry to be so negative, guys. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Another low score from Craig our our listeners are certainly not
0: not really uh, liking uh, this episode this week, but um do you know what that's irrelevant it's, you know it's whatever you guys feel and whatever you think about it is important so uh, thank you all to uh for you guys for taking the time to record your your thoughts and sending them in. it's um very much appreciated. We love hearing what what you guys think of the show good or bad so thank you very much again. Uh, let's head over to the socials uh on twitter and facebook we had a uh, quite a few over there on twitter our writer jordan shortman says um not bad but not good either the message about mental health was handled well and i appreciated that but the other plot just didn't work for me the villains were cool and there was a lot of potential there but they were defeated too easily but certainly an original plot sam who is at duly 011 says i hated the conversation with the doctor and graham her response to him being scared about cancer, saying she was socially awkward, was one of the worst moments of Doctor Who history. It probably made me—it probably made him feel worse—and that's just not the Doctor to me at all. Uh, four out of ten. She has a brief—a uh, brief note on the episode in general was that I enjoyed Yaz's final moment. That was great stuff, but I was just bored throughout the entire episode. I wasn't enjoying the story at all. This is. Coming from someone who has enjoyed most of series 12, I was just not feeling this one. Joe Bowers at Bower00 says, a strong episode. Uh, I commend the writers for tackling mental health issues, but I hate the end with the Doctor and Graham. It felt, uh, I felt it was the wrong message to send. The villains were creepy, but defeated too easily. And I feel instead of this, instead of his friend, Ryan should have went to his dad. Seven out of 10. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Moving on, this is uh, our old buddy Rob Kelly at Rob Kelly Tweets. The Doctor and Graham scene at the end of the episode missed an opportunity to reassure cancer survivors, in brackets, in the audience, to never give up and fight against it. They've been sending lots of fourth wall messages in this series recently. Maybe this should have been one too. Loved the reference to the Guardians and the Toymaker. Hoping that we go up a gear in next week's episode after two rather good but somewhat inconsequential stories. As always, love having the series on television every week. Indeedy. Mark Renshaw at Marky Renshaw says, It felt like Monsters, Inc. and the theme of mental health was clubbed in with a blunt spoon. Oh dear. Reese at Gallifrey uh, GF97 YouTuber Gallifrey Forever says, The Zelin was a spine-chilling villain. Amazing presence. Nice mention of the Celestial Toymaker. Powerful nightmare scenes for the fam having a lasting effect. Yaz had better character development in this episode than the last two series. One of my favourites this year. Uh, Tardis Elliot says, I totally miss the references to the Toymaker, probably distracted by the references to the Guardians and Eternals zombie who 97 says i loved how the villains were a metaphor for depression and i loved the character development but i feel the idea wasn't executed that well this was just another time doctor who misses out on having a proper creepy episode moffat would have handled this better six out of ten. Oh, the Moff would have handled it better You're probably right <laughs> luke robinson says can you believe it? This episode was amazing. Loved the Doctor's performance this season, but in this episode, she was great. I love the Eternals and they are great villains. Voldemort, I can't get his name, uh, but he was great. The Elsa could have done more. Uh, it's 8.5 for me. A nice one, Luke. A Pretty, pretty decent score there. Uh, D.W. Sebling says, Rather mediocre for me. Did they really know the term mental health in 1380 Syria? Don't think so. Uh, nice character development, but a little disjointed. Uh, Reese uh, at Rift, uh, Riftflix 028 says, great episode with lots of nice character development. Yaz's story was brilliantly handled and seeing Ryan scared for his home and Graham fearing for his health worked perfectly as well. The villains were creepy and I loved the reference to the Guardians and Toymaker, a nine out of 10. Caitlin Darlick O at Phoebe uh phoebe k gardner says all i can say is i'm really disliking the criticism this episode is getting for me i personally enjoyed the episode i thought the villain up against the doctor was really good but was never sure about that ending with her and graham enjoyed it more than Praxius, though a seven out of ten at davros 1736 says had all the ingredients of a good one then just seemed to end bang threat gone drama gone The mental health issue, while obviously a very important subject, felt a little shoehorned in, but the sentiment has to be applauded. Five out of ten, but could have been much more. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Uh, Liv Bartley, a good friend, Liv, over at the Who Addicts. Hope you're doing well, Liv. She says, one word, crap. (laughs) Couldn't follow it at all. Found it very boring. And just an overall mess, which is a shame. And I'm getting tired of not having very good villains. It's becoming a habit like Chibnall hasn't learned anything from Series 11. And also, can Jodie put that Sonic down? Exclamation mark. Oh, dear, Liv. Kind of, I kind of had a feeling that you'd have that to say, Liv. Yeah, I think a lot of people share that criticism with the Sonic and stuff. So ah, thank you very much. Uh, who else have we got here? uh uh neil neil at brighter moon says i was really enjoying the episode up until the doctor coldly dismissing graham and his cancer chat wtf genuinely one of the worst moments of who i've seen it's a piece of writing so bizarre and completely out of out of place that it boggles the mind how this made it on screen a four out of ten uh sarah louise a running hoovian always running this episode held my interest. It had creepy villains and I enjoyed the nods to classic Who. It was good to explore each character's fears and history. I also think the Doctor backing off from Graham merely reflects how many people struggle with what to say in such situations. A 7 out of 10. Yeah, I think you you kind of got what the Beeb were trying to do there. Sarah. like I mentioned in that press release they put out, it was meant to be more about how people handle that situation rather than the situation itself. So yeah. Um, interesting that you, you picked up on that. Thank you very much. Let's have a look. Uh Paul Jakes uh says watched it again last night it is that good as someone who has struggled with chronic recurrent depression. The ending brought a tear to my eye and it was so spot on. Interesting. uh Esther Lang uh Lehang uh, I think I think I'm saying that incorrectly Esther Lehang. Uh, I liked it. I loved a creepy Elsa and her partner. Their scene in the desert, in the deserted street was hauntingly beautiful, and I like how, despite how crazy powerful they are, wielding people's fears to mock and control them. How easy the doctor got them back once Tahira conquered her fear. Thank you very much, uh, Spencer Shively. Prob too late, but really enjoyed this one. No, you're not too late, Spencer. Uh, super creepy, and loved all the stuff with the companions dr graham interaction killed me love when he gets super vulnerable thought the resolution to the threat was super quick slash tad confusing though eight ear fingers out of ten that's not a bad score. um uh, i'm struggling to say this one as well um dimf dimfana the pirate dimp Dimpner. Uh, at ravenswood 2016 uh, really enjoyed the episode until the final badly written convo with the graham in the dock now that's all i can think about uh, and that was it for twitter thank you very much guys for tweeting that uh, much appreciated and over on facebook miles mckenzie it's a really strong character piece with a creepy villain i feel that there are a few missed opportunities though investigating the non-existent monster was intriguing but fizzled out real quick Uh, let's explore the doctor's need to save everyone without any info of their character sometimes people are in prison for a reason Uh, a seven out of ten whilst I did enjoy it uh, sorry no that wasn't Miles McKenzie that was Millie McKenzie uh, this is Miles McKenzie. Whilst I did enjoy it, I can't help but feel it's very clunky and doesn't really go anywhere. I highly appreciate the message of mental health and love those aspects of the episode, but the gods were defeated so easily and they barely did anything. Uh, and I really didn't like that end scene with the Graham and the, with Graham and the Doctor. I get that they were trying to be socially awkward. Um, however, this incarnation has given inspirational speeches in the past and I can't help but feel it's out of character uh overall i honestly don't know how to feel for that a 6 out of 10 same score as me buddy uh jeff waddle part horror movie part psychedelia part reminder to look after your mental health did well to get all that in one episode the main problem with having godlike beings on screen is it's almost impossible to show how powerful they are you can only tell sutek was able to decimate worlds when we saw him he could barely get out of a chair <laughs> interesting that we have had male slash female eternals now yin and yang and uh we had them in the battle of ravi shankar (laughs) last last season is this where we're going with the female male doctor thing not a masterpiece but not far off a nine out of ten jeff jeff's loving this series so far it's interesting we've gone from lots of low points (laughs) with jeff over the years but uh really liking series 12 which is good uh, Harry Walker I don't know what's worse killer bubble wrap killer birds or killer fingers I feel like this episode would have been better if it were called the fingers of death <laughs> now that sounds very pert. we are six out of ten it does sound very pert. we indeed Colin Carey yeah okay why didn't they just do two or three films of Doctor Who instead of filling the series with just two episodes great podcast as always Ah, oh, dear Colin but thank you very much uh, Charlie Turner pretty good not a favourite, but I like it. 8 out of 10. May give it a rewatch sometime. Jessica Laffelman. I thought it was a good episode, but thought they did away with the villains too quickly. I know they had to make room to deal with companion stories, but it felt rushed. I did love how they handled the companion's fears in the end. 7 out of 10. Lawrence Baxter. Mixed bag for me. Hopefully it'll ground me with a rewatch. 6 out of 10. Alan Daisley. Uh, best of the standalones, in my opinion, a creepy nightmare story dealing with human weaknesses and insecurities. The villains were good enough to bounce off the Doctor, which led to Doctor's best, which led to Jodie's best Doctor comeback so far about the strength of humanity. Good to see Yaz's backstory fleshed out a bit more. Matt Searson, really enjoyed it. This, for me, is the best series since Series Five. Love it. Eight out of ten. Um, Ulrich Hillmeister. I liked it, although I didn't get properly how the Doctor managed to get rid of the two villains. Perhaps it was too quick for a non-native speaker. I liked how they show Jazz's background and prepare Ryan leaving the show. 8.5, Ryan leaving the show? Do you think so? I think, uh, yeah, like we said right at the beginning, it's we've kind of called it that someone's going to go. Maybe. I don't know, Ryan though, hmm. Uh, Andrew Cuthbert, eight Sonic Fingers out of ten, and Danny Brown, very good, eight out of ten. Thank you so much for all of your thoughts and reviews. It's uh, awesome as always to get those in. Next week, the uh, the series bef- uh, the series, the episode before the big finale story. What we got next week, dude? So next week, yeah, the haunting
5: of Villa Diatardi. Is that how you say it, Villa of Diatardi? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So that looks. <laughs> dare we say it? That looks good and <laughs> <That's> creepy. Good. <laughs> yeah,
0: it does actually. Looks good. Uh, look good. Yeah, it's the uh, the origin of uh, when Mary Shelley came up with the Frankenstein story. Indeed, all that stuff. So yeah, looks
5: looks pretty good, dude. I just hope because there was that brilliant big finish audio, the Silver Turk, which is fantastic and has a similar theme. I really hope it doesn't just uh, go all over that because <laughs> that's canon. That's good. Ca- Don't mess with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like you said, dare we say? Dare we say it should be good kit, yeah. Hmm. I think we're wrap there, dude. For two five five. All righty. Yeah. Thank you thank you thank you so much for listening to episode 255 this week it's been great to have you on board as always thank you so much to all of you that sent in your reviews and thoughts very much appreciated next week it is the haunting of villa dietardi as adam said so look out on the socials on monday to get your thoughts and review in. reviews in for that one in the meantime head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our shows on there Plus, you can link off to the various podcast apps and networks so you can drop a sub if you like what we do here so you don't miss a show and it drops every Friday. And if you have a minute or two to leave a review and a rating, that would be lovely. Really awesome because that helps us out lots with uh, uh, podcast discoverability and all that jazz. So that would be much appreciated. And we're also on the socials as well. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just do a search of The Big Blue Box Podcast. You'll find us on there. We chat Doctor Who each and every week in between the shows. And speaking of the website, uh, check out all of the cool reviews and articles from our writers over there. Loads of cool big finish reviews and deep dives into some of the episodes from Series 12, all good good stuff. Also, check out my coasts, my co-hosts, my coasts, my coats <laughs> Coasters. My coasters. YouTube channel. The Geeks Handbag. Yeah, got a few new vids up. Go and have a look. Adam is back on the horse. I'm back. <laughs> uh, loads of really cool, really, really cool, cool videos from Adam over on The Geek's Handbag. If geekery stuff is your thing, which I assume it is. Uh, loads of reviews, unboxings, location videos. Some of those old location videos are still awesome, dude.
4: Oh,
5: I, I must admit, yeah. it makes me want to go and do some more. Uh, very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Adam is also on the socials under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. Instagram, Twitter, am. and Facebook. Yes just do a search for the geeks handbag and yeah we've got a really really cool community of listeners and other people and all sorts that chat doctor who on the socials it's really cool so get involved over there we will see you next week for episode 256 until then take care of yourselves and remember elodie